This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. Welcome to F This Week, podcast number 50, recorded live September 27th, 2012. I'm Chuck. With me here in the studio is Audra. What's going on? I'm Audra! here. I'm back. I'm here this week. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> no meetings. Yay. And joining us, as always, from the Great White North, Juan. I have a little heart attack every time you start the intro. I'm like, hey, will he remember the date? Will he remember the date? Will he remember the date? Oh, he got the date. Awesome. Well, actually, I stopped wearing the watch a lot that I was getting the date <laughs> off of. And I've been getting it off my phone, which is sitting near me, which is easy and oh, always yeah, correct. Oh, yeah, because the watch can get off by a day or whatever because it has like a 30. Multiple time zones. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it, oh, it can get off. <laughs> Not on its own, but. <laughs> yeah. You need to wind it up first. Ah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh, what's that? Uh, 45 seconds in. <laughs> Is that Already. the one where you have to, like, stick the pen in the side in order to... <laughs> the chat room is saying, Audra's back! Yes, indeed. <laughs> Life is so much better. Yeah, I had to go back. to a meeting on campus last week, and I was like, really, guys? This <laughs> it was annoying because, you know, there's this group of people, and they're all trying to find a day for the meeting that most people can make it. And I'm like, guys, I can be there, like, any day except Thursday night. Let's do it Thursday. <laughs> and they're like... And then they send out the thing, and they're like, okay, we figured out a day that works for the most people. It's Thursday night. I'm like, ah. So, yeah, I missed, I missed everybody. I miss everyone. But we're back. Oh, yeah. Hey, I, I saw something really cool on Twitter. Uh, the city of Austin, Texas, actually, the, the city council and, like, the city leaders and a huge petition of people and all these human rights groups got together and took an official stand on behalf of the city for marriage equality. Well, that nice. was that was pretty cool, I thought. You know, I just that think it's cool. yeah, it's cool that a city would stand up and say, "Hey, you know, we we believe in treating people equally and treating people right and even if the rest of our state has different ideas, you know." I mean, you know, Texas has laws against that kind of thing, but uh, I, I think it's cool. I give them props. Props indeed. That is mad props. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> so before, right before we came up here, Audra, to do the podcast, Audra was telling me... Oh, no. What? <laughs> what? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm cringing. <laughs> no, Audra was telling me about this... Uh, about this city in Massachusetts. Oh my God! There's a city in Massachusetts. No, you, I'm telling you, you have got to it's hear a this. City this is so awesome. I can't, I can't believe this wasn't like <laughs> splashed all over the place. I mean, damn! I thought there was only villages in Massachusetts. Really? <laughs> nope, it's a city. Sorry, I'm real. <laughs> no, that's okay. Audra's uh, drinking her fakeachino. Well, yeah, because you were more, talking. More Cap'n Crunch and Pop Rocks for you there? No, Come you under. were talking. I was drinking. I can't hear myself over that screaming guitar anyway. That's a screaming bass. Get it straight. <laughs> Damn, jeez. <laughs> I was referring to... Well, never mind. But yeah, so... Um, I thought you were going to tell the story, because it's your well, kind it's of story. Fine. So there's this town, Middleborough is the name of it, right? If I'm slurring, it's because I'm drinking an ice beverage. <laughs> um, Middleborough, uh, Massachusetts, uh, I guess recently, um, <laughs> they have a uh, an ordinance, I guess, is that what you call it, Chuck? Where if people swear in public, they can get ticketed by the police for $20 fines per curse word. <laughs> You've been fined one credit for a violation of the Verbal Morality Act. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it was so funny because uh, Chuck was looking at the version of the story from the NPR website. Oh, and, man. And the first comment was so funny. No, no, it, it wasn't. It was, uh, I think it was actually like a, an ABC. Oh. oh, it was on Yahoo of oh, all places. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was okay. great. And the first Yahoo was pretty much like a very long and 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 detailed version of what you said, Juan. Um, which is pretty funny. But actually, read it, read it. Oh, I'm not going to read the one. It's just oh. it's just somebody bashing the town using it's a lot so of language. It's so funny because it's like. No bleep in town and bleep in Massachusetts is going to bleep and tell me what I can bleep and say. And it's like, it's all censored and everything, but only half the words come through. It's so funny. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it is. But but the best was NPR's uh, piece. And uh, I actually am going to... I'm actually going to read some... Is that okay? Is that bad? I'm going to read a bunch of the NPR article. I'm crediting... Read, turn down the music a little bit. It's... Oh, it's Give it five seconds. <laughs> come on, Audra. We've done 50 of these. Do you not know the music? Really? Yes, I mean, I come do. on. I... And if not, there's a, a bar up Kill there. the last five seconds of it. <laughs> there's a bar up on this screen up here that shows when it's going to stop, and it flashes red for 20 seconds Okay, let's not stop. Let's stop. I was about to say, let's not stop picking on Audra, but let's stop picking on <laughs> <laughs> Let's not. No, I'm kidding. Um, okay, so... Or no. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, this this thing actually should I read the whole thing? It's way long. I'll oh, um, no, start just, reading. I'll just read I'll, the part I'll, at the end. We'll start relentlessly, you know, bugging you if it <laughs> gets too long. Okay, screw it. Yeah, here's here's the end. So they talk about uh, the quick summary version here is that they kind of talk about two versions, modernists and moralists. You know, moralists being the like verbal morality act, the people that it's like it's wrong. And and the modernists who are kind of like, uh, it's just a word, you know, it's uh, like he said, you know, it's time to bring our sense of dirty into line with our modern come as you are American spirit, blah, blah, blah. And uh, the modernist point of view, potty mouths are like potholes, just another of life's inconveniences. They're, when you they're, say they they're, swear, they're like talking to, to a, a linguist or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Okay, so what's so, that word that's <laughs> so important to female tennis players? Starts with C. <laughs> Cunnilingus. <laughs> oh, screw it! I am going to read it. Okay, here, here it is. <laughs> Sometimes it's small government. It's small government. You need to keep your eye on. Take Middleborough, Massachusetts, whose town meeting was recently whose town meeting recently imposed a twenty dollars fine for swearing in public, according to the police chief. The ordinance was aimed at the crowds of unruly teenagers who gathered downtown at night yelling profanities at people, not just someone <laughs> who slams a finger in a car door. But whatever the exact idea was, nobody thought it was good a good one. The ordinance and the rare had the rare distinction of being denounced by Fox News commentators, the editorial writers at the Washington Post, and the director of the Massachusetts ACLU. There's some people. Wait, who, wait. Fox News and the Fox ACLU News, were on the same the side Washington of this Post issue. And the Massachusetts ACLU. You get all these people saying the same thing you might want to pay attention, yeah. right? There's some people who want to keep government out of the marketplace and some people who want it kept out of the bedroom, but pretty much everybody is spooked about having it police what we say to the neighbor who starts his leap board at 7 15 on a Sunday morning. That's where the consensus ended as commentaries drifted off into culture war face-offs between moralists and modernists. To the modernists, the pervasive swearing, pervasiveness of swearing is a clear symptom of the collapse of civility and the coarsening of American culture. As they tell it, the disillusion began with the foul-mouthed demonstrators and hippies of the 60s. It was amplified by Hollywood, rock music, and hip-hop, turning into a society that has lost all sense of shame or stigma. This is an old tune. <laughs> social critics in the 1940s railed at the, the hippies. Yeah, social critics in the 1940s railed at the unchecked profanity of returning GIs. In the 20s, they were lambasting the vogue for for four letter words among society mem uh, slummers called mucker posers. <laughs> the well bred. Yeah, I'm young- sure that's what they were called. <laughs> <laughs> The, the well-bred young people who felt the need, quote, to eliminate the manners and language of the longshoremen to emulate, sorry, as one critic put it. And so down, oh, they mean basically the same. And thing. so on down to the Victorians <laughs> whose sermons and statutes uh, were full of references to public profanity. But then as the profanity like showing one's wrists in public. Right. But then as the philosopher. Uh, Montesquieu, I can't say it. Montesquieu. Rene, Montesquieu, Rene Montesquieu. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> observed. People have been, I don't read very well. It's apparently. okay, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just teasing. Observed people have been complaining about the decline of manners and morals since the time of Horace and Aristotle. 
They couldn't all have been right, he said, or men, or men would be bears today. That should be Aristotle and Horace. Aristotle came first. <laughs> nice. Uh, the moralists are correct about one thing, though. The language, this language has become more widespread and more audible than at any time since during the early 19th century. I put the turning point in the 70s when styles were when the styles and attitudes that emerged in the 60s were domesticated and divested of any subversive meaning. Uh, the moment when jeans, long hair and casual vulgarity became universal signs of democratic informality. But a modernist could argue that the ubiquity of the four letter word actually makes it less of a concern. Uh, in a piece criticizing the Middleborough Ordinance, the linguist John McWhorter said that it's time to bring our, our sense of dirty into line with our modern come-as-you-are American spirit. True, there are one or two genuinely, genuinely taboo words. The rest of this language has gotten so ordinary that it's not profane, merely colorful. Just make sure kids learn not to use it at inappropriate times, the same way they have to learn not to burp in public. That's the modernist point of view. Potty mouths are like potholes, just another of life's little inconveniences. They're there, they swear, get used to it. That uncompromising rationality may, may seem miles from the keening uh, philippics. I have to look that word up. Of the mor- moralists. You know what it means? Mm, don't remember. Yeah. Damn it, Audra, how can you not know the definition <laughs> of that word? <laughs> hey, it's okay. Not knowing a meaning is cool. Look, Not looking it up, that's a sin, right? Yet most of us slip easily between one position and the other. Just note the reactions when a political figure is caught dropping the F-bomb. To the opposition, it's gutter talk that shows his classlessness. To his own partisans, it's a demonstration of earthy authenticity. It's true. It is. And when somebody from the other party uses the same word a week later, the two sides just exchange their copy. Yeah, but, but <laughs> doesn't the intent matter in that case? I mean, if you're, if you're talking to someone from the opposing side, chances are your intent was to insult. And if you're talking to your own supporters, chances are your intent was to, you know, inspire humor or awe or something, you know, or, or, you know, pride or whatever. Here's here's where it gets fun. Okay. This is the point. This is the point that made this worth reading out loud. But each view has its appeal. The moralists have a point. Vulgar language may be a fact of modern life, but it's more troubling than potholes. It's infuriating to hear someone behind you in the movie line swearing energetically, even if you don't happen to have a six-year-old in tow. In one recent survey, three-quarters of the respondents said that parents should teach their kids that cursing is always wrong. But not a lot of parents teach that lesson by example. The proportion of Americans who claim they never curse runs anywhere from 5 to 15%, and you figure some of them must be telling the truth. But while the rest of us may officially disapprove of swearing, we also engage in it enthusiastically and even regrettably. I never curse, but I always lie. <laughs> at the family dinner table. Well, profanity makes hypocrites of us all, but without hypocrisy, this is awesome, okay? Without hypocrisy, how could profanity even exist? To learn what it means to swear, a child has to both hear the words said and be told it's wrong to say them, ideally by the same people. (laughs) After all, the basic point of swearing is to demonstrate that your emotions have gotten the better of you and trumped your inhibitions. That's why the words have to be regarded as bad, not just inappropriate, so there's real weight to using them. Swear words don't describe your feelings, they manifest them. Throwing the F word at somebody isn't just a particularly colorful way, an emphatic way of saying, I'm awfully vexed with you right now, any more than ow is just an emphatic way of saying, gee, that hurts. In the end, neither the modernist nor the moralist can ever win the argument. Each needs the other too much. That is brilliant. The particular vocabulary items may change over time, but swearing itself can never become so ordinary that we no longer consider it naughty. You can't have profanity if there are no prudes left to be shocked by it. Let's give credit to the good people of Middleborough, Massachusetts for helping to keep old traditions alive. That's and, awesome. And this, I apologize for like, you know, and I need to cite I this. I just love the, the classic case of do as I say, not as I do. That's, uh, that's buried in this. Let's see. This was by... Uh, 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 Jeff Nunberg, and it's based on an uh, original uh, bit by Terry Gross. So, uh, who talks about? Anyway, I just wanted you to know. I'm sorry, I, I hate to go on. I, I feel like I have to cite it. It's the closest I come to ripping something off. I just read it entirely on the podcast. Reading verbatim? No. <laughs> but seriously, this is why NPR is so freaking. You're not awesome. ripping it off because if you had said, "Here's my personal opinion." <laughs> <laughs> Well, I and, and then started reading that. Yeah, that might be. But I just, yeah, I mean, that's what NPR makes NPR so brilliant is like listening, taking something that you could just be like, yeah, fuck them, you know, or like, yeah, I hate it when people they they literally make a really valid point about well, yeah, the interaction they, they have of like the a two, thoughtful you know? position on it, something that you know we might not have already thought about. 
Well, it, yeah, I mean, it applies all over the place. I I seen something on NPR at one point where they were talking about how extreme political sides are are actually kind of um, very similar as well. Like you know, Democrats that say, "Oh, I would never have a Republican in my house. They're so exclusionary." And like, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Do. Actually, Audra and I saw. I see what you did there. <laughs> Audra and I saw an NPR shirt in the Gap. It was really funny because we both had this kind of knee-jerk negative reaction. Yeah, like, we were both like, "Oh no, you know, don't don't tell us now that hipster is." Yeah, because like, they always have these like hipster shirts. Like they had. Uh, they were right beside the uh, glasses with no lenses in them. Yeah, but you know what's really cool is we. I, I picked it up and I'm like, wait a minute. I want to know who made this. Like if it was American Apparel or something. It wasn't. On the it inside of the yeah. tag, it said that actually was printed on the t-shirt. It said like 60% of the profits or proceeds from this shirt go to, you know, the NPR. local NPR station. I was like, holy crap. All right. That's, okay. that's all right. You I'm know, a so jackass. It, it's I'll actually a real NPR shirt. It's not just like a hipster. You got to admit, if you saw an yeah. NPR shirt at like Hot Topic, I would, I, that would be awesome. <laughs> I, when that's how you know like when geek is really becoming you know mainstream much more than ever that they're selling npr shirts in the mall well they're selling black sabbath yeah. shirts now i can tell you that <laughs> you're just bringing that up because you watched avengers again today bits well not today but yesterday i watched bits and pieces of it yeah but black sabbath for a long time has been one of those go-to bands that like if you don't know any really cool bands from like the 70s or you know you can always just point to them that's what i do (laughs) (laughs) but it's true you know what i mean like if you want to be if like if you want to be a poser and you don't really know any cool bands you know there are a couple of cool bands that like no matter who you're talking to they will be thought of as cool like black sabbath aerosmith Led Zeppelin, you know, Hendrix, like there, there are some people that you just can't go wrong with. So you could be like, when people are like, what kind of music do you listen to, man? You know, you don't have to take any risks. I don't think I've heard anybody (laughs) say Black Sabbath with that. I I think, I don't know. It just never seemed to carry through quite as, it could just be my experience. I'm acutely aware of it, perhaps because I had a a younger teenage brother. says wham. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> nice. I had a, when i was like in in high school and early college i had a younger teenage brother who was always doing stuff like that always to f- trying to fit into whatever group of the moment and there were always these things that he would glom onto is like they're the easy target you know like the kind of stuff that gets printed on you know um novelty t-shirts right away yeah i this one is solely popular because of its uh, appearance in the avengers which is the shirt or the band? <laughs> the shirt. I'm just kidding. Come on. That was mean. Why? Especially since the band, I don't think, makes an appearance in the movie. The music doesn't at all, does it? I have to look. I don't remember any. I mean, it did at the. It was I in the know. outro of the first one, right? Yep. I think so. So, but but I think that's the only place the movie uh, that the, the band makes an appearance. Even though it's probably the single biggest pop pop culture like expression of Iron Man outside of the movies beforehand. Yeah, right? I would say, which is kind of cool. But anyway, yeah, having him wear the shirt in the movie was totally awesome for a lot was, of reasons i was talking to chuck earlier today i'm like you realize he wears that shirt for like three quarters of the movie right? he does <laughs> like almost the entire movie he's wearing it it's, it's, it's odd underneath like all of the iron man armors effectively <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny like i'm on a podcast and like the two guys on the podcast want to talk about what robert downey jr is wearing in the movie <laughs> <laughs> i'm like guys come on let's talk about trucks or something or engines <laughs> You guys are like, did you see that shirt he was wearing? (laughs) (laughs) You know, Iron Man should hook up with Iron Maiden. That'd be cool. Yep, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) What? We're just messing with you. (laughs) Thanks a lot, guys. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I... Actually, we have a new contender for Littlest GWCer. Really? Oh, yeah? Uh, my brother's son, Grayson, is apparently listening to his first F this week right now. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> hey, kid. Not good You're for him. fucked up. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, the, Don't say that. <laughs> Middleborough people have a point. 
<laughs> they need a bit Middleborough after the the burrow shaped like a finger. <laughs> now I have heavy metal songs from the seventies stuck in my head. Yeah, well, I could see that. I mean, you know. Geez, Audra, tone it down. We're trying to talk about fashion. You know, really? yeah, I know, really. <laughs> Heavy metal songs like, you know, Jethro Tull. Grammy joke. That was funny. Nice. <laughs> I got that. I got that. <laughs> I got that. Did you guys see the uh, the DC Universe uh, robot chicken special? I did not. I was it not. cool? I just watched it the other day. It was pretty good. There's a lot of, lot, of, lot of Aquaman jokes in there. <laughs> Poor Aquaman. He's like the scapegoat of everything. He is. And it's brilliant. Yes, it is. <laughs> and there's also like six uh, Batman getting Aquaman. his back broken Aquaman by Bane jokes in there as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> it just keeps repeatedly happening. He's like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> you were watching him do it this time. I have so got to see the movie. I, I I hate to admit I haven't seen the new movie yet. Oh my, what? Yeah. Which... Which are you? What are you talking the about? Batman movie. Oh yeah, I know. We didn't. There are a lot of movies that came out this summer that we intended to see and just Things didn't just get around got to. Crazy, and we didn't get to. Yeah, I, uh, still, I, I've been wanting to make Bane jokes for you guys. Go ahead. I mean, I, I can <laughs> figure Bane. them out. It's useless without context, though, <laughs> because can... you have to hear the Bane voice. It's ridiculous. It's like halfway between Deckard Kane from the Diablo series and the the uh, chief of police from uh, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally Bane going like, good news, gumshoes. <laughs> yeah. And I realized this about halfway into the movie, and I was just kind of sitting there laughing to myself. <laughs> I always liked that woman who was like the judge or, or whatever they'd always talk to on, what's that on Carmen Sandiego? That woman. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The, oh, yeah, the, yeah. It's the chief of police that right. gives out the missions. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> nice. I've seen her on other things. I'm trying to remember. Like, she's been on a lot of shows, like kind of oddball. I, I think I've seen her on sci-fi, too. I'd I'd seen her somewhere, and mm-hmm. then when it clicked, I'm like, "Whoa, what the crap!" <laughs> I did I tell you before I saw Rockapella in person one point, like by accident. I was uh, I was in high school. It was during the summertime, and I was actually with my family, and we went to one of those um, fireworks displays or whatever, and they had kind of like a local festival, and uh, we were walking down by the water to go uh, get a spot to sit for the fireworks. And uh, I heard, like, and I'm like, is someone playing the Carmen Sandiego theme, like, on their boombox or whatever? And we walked by, and I realized it was uh, Rockapella actually standing there on the grass, like, doing oh, wow. a little impromptu performance for people. And they uh, they did a little stage <laughs> They got, show. like, an open guitar case in front of them. No guitar. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the one guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Busking in Oswego. <laughs> that would work. Yeah, that that's like that college town has more bars than it does students. <laughs> it does. In the chat room, uh, Conrad was just saying a Conrad. little ways ago that he's starting uh, next week. He's starting a new job at AMD. Oh, cool. Wow. What's, yeah. We so wanted to come on micro to devices. Chat. Artistic maneuvers in the dark. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. I remember, I, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I remember um, his little avatar... It was like always that bear. It's like convex and it would have a little bear. And I never knew what that bear was. It reminded me of the one from Harvey Birdman. But I was never able to figure out what it was. Maybe he'll hmm. tell you in chat. <laughs> Give it a moment. Maybe he will. <laughs> Three minutes later when it makes or it all the way he? through the process <laughs> and gets to him. I know what I was thinking of when you were talking about. Um, 
Did you hear about that woman that was arrested four times in like a day for refusing to stop uh, listening to ACDC music cloud? <laughs> no. Wow, I could see that. Yeah, she was apparently rocking out to ACDC and they're like, okay. No. She was arrested and four times in the same four day times. for the same and thing. And what's funny is that they've got like the, the, the mug shots and you can see her getting like progressively more like tired and <laughs> burnt out <laughs> like, wow, she looks like five years older and that's that fourth picture oh my god that's awesome well, apparently yeah she she would not shut up they got taken downtown released and i'm like, trying to imagine like, oh you gonna listen to acdc again like what were the police doing like the fourth time was it like the same guy reading her rights this the fourth <laughs> time in the same day she's like hi frank right. <laughs> <laughs> well you know i'm not coming willingly it was so funny. Um, Chuck and I, before we moved into this house, we lived in this uh, apartment complex, which was pretty nice. It, like I, it was a nice place, you know. And we lived on the third floor, and the buildings were kind of um, situated in kind of a, I don't know, kind of an elongated oval, so that there was like a little courtyard out oh, in the yeah, middle. Oh yeah, it was nice. And yeah, it was cool. But every now and then there'd be people like blaring music through the whole place, and um, it just made me think of it. I remember this guy playing um, Nevermind the Nirvana album. And it was so cool. Actually, it didn't bother me at all. It was like the, the weather was really nice. And we had our, um, our door open with like the screen and, yeah. uh, he played the entire album and his apartment must've been on the other side of the complex, but it was so loud. It sounded like, it sounded like the band was putting on a concert, like in the apartment below us. And it, it was really cool though. Cause I was like just hanging out in the apartment, like chilling out, you know, to Nirvana. The the one that um the only like the... noise thing that ever got to me ah, Yes, ah, yes ah, ah, <laughs> Every every uh Saturday morning. Like mid morning. Yeah. No, it was relatively early for a Saturday, like eight or something. Um like Saturday morning, it was at the same time every week. There's this woman who lived kind of down like below and across somewhere. I never knew because I could never see her, but You'd hear this cackling, this, and it would start at the same time every, this, it was and then, and then clapping, slow clap. You know, it, it started, <laughs> and it would go on for like fifteen. Like minutes. at first, Audra was like, "What the hell?" You know, and then after a while, <laughs> it became so funny. We kind of got to like it, like you know, it was. You started imagining. <laughs> You you started imagining that this woman was happy, you know, and and if she if you didn't hear her doing that at that time of morning, you'd be kind of like, kinda like the, what the happened? laughing woman, you know, <laughs> yeah, what happened? Is she okay? <laughs> it's like the laughing duck. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. On our runs in the morning, there's this duck. There's this duck that laughs every time we go by. What? Yeah, like it goes. I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly that's a, that's a real accurate i i'm like and we we just die laughing every time all the other ducks are just like right 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 or this nothing one, this one's like <laughs> it's awesome that's that's just so the duck is trolling you guys <laughs> yeah, I guess. it's awesome it is it's <laughs> you guys <laughs> you dumbasses if only you could fly <laughs> lame but yeah that's it's kind of funny <laughs> it is awesome woman. i haven't thought of that apartment in a long time that was that was interesting that was, i loved living in that apartment it, it was, was cool. awesome it was cool it was cool. I was always mad at that um, that stain on the living room floor that I put there. I was so mad because, like, I we kept the carpet immaculate. It was you know, white. I remember? Yeah, it was white, and we we kept it like perfect all the time. And uh, this one time, some people came over and we had pizza. And I don't know if they still serve pizza this way, but they used to have those little um, those little cups with that melted garlic sauce in it, like garlic butter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do not spill that stuff on your rug. It will never, ever come out, not even with, like, steam cleaning or anything. <laughs> I don't know what's it's in like that stuff. It's like pouring jet fuel in your carpet. It turned black. Like, yeah, it, it was like, you know, not black, black, but it, it was like dark gray stain, you know? 
It was horrible. It looked like someone took like ashes out of the fireplace and ground them into this white carpet. And I did so much to try to take it out. And oh, it always infuriated me. <laughs> that badger seems to think that you're covering up for another pee story. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I never, never peed in an unusual way <laughs> in that apartment. <laughs> I love the way that apartment was laid out. It was it was really small, but it was mm-hmm. really it didn't feel small. Yeah, it was, not about it was the cool. size, mate. It's how you use it. Kind <laughs> of, yeah. Most elephants are very well endowed. That does not necessarily make them sensitive lovers. <laughs> <laughs> also true. Yeah. I still remember that time that <laughs> as com. As capacious as an elephant scrotum and just as hard to get your hands on. <laughs> I still remember that time that uh, the poor Abby was like, this is when she was really young. She was about three and she was, this is our cat. Oh, in and, the apartment. Yeah. Yeah. And she was watching this bird and the, the screen door was open. And uh, I mean, the, 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 the glass, glass was door open, was the open. Screen the was, screen was yeah. closed, you know, and yep. she was watching this bird that was out on the porch and at, at one point, she just, after watching it for a long time, she decided she was going to spring at it and She get did the, it. like, WWF wrestler, like, I'm standing on the corner pole, and I'm now going to leap with my body in full, like, full body slam. And know. she goes, like, whack into the screen and kind of fell down and then got up and was like, oh, and you she know, had this shook grid. it off. <laughs> she had this grid on her face. Yeah, and, and it didn't hurt her, but it, it kind of hurt her you know, feelings a bit. So you kind of, we kind of pretended not to see and everything, but what was funny later was that the, you know, the screen door had dust on it. Right. So there was this, if you can imagine this shape of a cat with like all four oh paws my God, stretched that's out. Right. It was like a, it was like someone drew a cat with like all four legs stretched out, out on yeah. it. On the, so on in the dust pattern in the dust on the, on the screen door. Juan doesn't think it's funny. I thought no, it was it's pretty good. I was coughing. <laughs> okay, cool. It was hilarious. I mean, because you just saw it and you're like, you imagined she was like really going to spring on this poor bird. But um, it's still too bad that you missed uh, when Juan was here once when when I scared Felix on the stairs <laughs> and his hind legs like kicked up vertical in the air and then spinned around like a spun around like a little, uh, you know, outboard motor, <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> like around a little rotor and he went like completely on his front paws only all the way downstairs <laughs> yeah. like a cartoon his, it was his back, yeah his back legs were still moving as if they were running down the stairs but they were like <laughs> you know eight inches off the ground <laughs> yes yes and Juan was like ah <laughs> and we were like screaming and just so everyone knows uh, she's not torturing the cats oh, they, yeah, they, yeah. they love we to play this, this scare game we scare each other they cats scare each love other. that game yeah. They actually do. Abby, anyway, used to do it with us. Like, like you'd be walking along, and she'd jump out from behind something and like tap your leg. My favorite <laughs> was one time she would jump up on her hind legs and waved her front paws yeah, around. She'd jump and like just wave them, <laughs> literally like, like, like yeah, booga <laughs> yeah, yeah, the cat version of booga booga booga. It was awesome. It was thoroughly awesome. So uh when you said the cat, I was thinking the other day how I was making music jokes and I was talking about the band Outcats. Oh yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> and, and hey meow, and I like the way you mew. And I was the other day in class. Hey meow. <laughs> hey meow. Meow's over Baghdad. But I was in class the other day and we were talking about. Um, like poetic form and and the idea of call and response came up at one point and i mentioned that you know it has its roots if you go back it actually goes all the way back to african tribal call and response traditions that made scoodly their way woo, through woo, scoodly woo, scoodly woo, scoodly woo, scoodly woo, scoodly woo. yeah and uh and you know as an example i said you know even in modern music you'll you'll hear a lot like hip hop there's an andre 3000 song that had this, and like three or four of my students are like <laughs> like oh my god she just mentioned andre 3000 like they just it was so hilarious to them that i would even mention that in class you know i'm like man guys you have no idea like <laughs> they, they look at me and they think i'm like 
I don't know what they think, but it's really funny, you know? And, and so many students are like that. They're, they're like, you know, if you're, they, they can't, if they you're can't older than you like, Gangnam style. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're like, if you're older than 21, you're middle-aged basically. Like we were analyzing advertisements, doing visual rhetoric, you know? And I, we looked at a Zeusk dating site commercial. Oh yeah. And all the people in the ad were mid twenties or whatever. And they're like, sure. yeah, they're about middle-aged. <laughs> and they're like, I would say like, you know, older. I just want to point older, out. Older, like 25, 28. I just want to point out that I <laughs> expect to live longer than 50. I know. It's so <laughs> yeah. funny. They're like, Go yeah, figure. it's older people. You can tell by the way they're dressed, you know? And I'm like. You know, she's wearing skinny jeans and, and like she's dressed like a young person, you know. And actually, like, no, she's dressed like she's from the eighties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that's back now. <laughs> I know. And one of the guys on the uh, the dating site ad, like they were scrolling on the website, and this guy's face pops up, and it said that he's thirty three. And they're like, "There's no way that guy's thirty three. He looks so young." <laughs> and finally, I was like, "Guys," <laughs> and they're all like, "Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> well, Chuck was telling us last week about his uh, his. What was that? Some some dig in your class about uh, them going? Oh man, he's old. He's got to be like like forty. Oh, I know that happened in the class that Chuck was in. But yeah, yeah people have said that in my classes he too. He was born in. The I same still love. We was. were we were looking at another. You're like, Damn you guys! Yeah, we were looking. We were doing visual rhetoric like a year ago in class, and uh, we were talking about an an alcohol ad. I can't remember what it was, but we were. I was saying like, well, you know, who is this targeted at? Like, for example. Um, you know, look at the type of alcohol, what kind of, you know, what groups of people would drink this or, or buy this or whatever. And this one guy's like, well, you know, it's beer. So I would say that it's aimed at younger people because, you know, like, like under, I'd say like 18 to 25. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, 18, you know, um, but he's like, because he, like, he's once, not you're, wrong. <laughs> once you're around, yeah, I know. Right. He's like, once you're around like 30 or, you know, like middle age, you, you tend to drink like oh, this is bourbon in like a, a glass and he kind of holds his hand, like his palm open, you know? Like you, you tend to drink like a whiskey. I know the day or, I turned like 30, I started drinking yeah. bourbon out of a, out of a glass, out of a snifter. It's so funny. Because oh, yeah, I just want to be swirl like, it around first though. Right. I want to be like, you know that like half the 30 year olds in this country still live with their parents, right? You know, it's not middle aged <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and with the economy going this way, more every day. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we'll have a new health insurance plan where kids can stay on their parents' health insurance until they're 45. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, we had a good discussion. And then at that point, the parents get on the kids' insurance and it switches. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sorry, you had a good discussion? What? Oh, I was just going to say, we had a, a good discussion in, in class today about, uh, and I can't remember the, the name of the author. I feel stupid now uh, to go look. But it was uh, it was a cool piece all about uh, peer production as a possible... Uh, third alternative to the firm system and the market system for uh, you're giving me the look. <laughs> I have no idea uh, what you're talking about. Some of those words were English, right? No, it's, it makes <laughs> makes easy sense. Like, like I heard no. firm. Okay, <laughs> so look, you have you have a couple <laughs> of ways of of producing things, right? One is a market system where you make them, and prices determine like what you make. Like you make things that you think will sell, right? And then, and then you have a firm system where you gather people into groups, right? And a group kind of makes a decision. The firm dictates to people what projects they'll work on and how, and then the firm sells them, right? The firm encourages children. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and he was talking about a th the third system, you know, which is this peer production system, which becomes sort of a possibility in the digital age. Things like um, NASA did a thing a while back with with. Uh, mapping Mars surface photo, taking surface photos of Mars and distributing them. It was kind of like Amazon's Mechanical Turk thing where you could sign up and it would show you one and you would do simple things with it. And lots of people did it, you know. And, and I wonder if the Mechanical Turks ever go to war with the Mechanical Greeks. That would be a problem for Amazon, would it not? <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a great question, though. I wish I'd thought of that. That would have been a fun comment in class. I'm sorry. This is probably boring. But anyway, it was a really cool discussion because the free software movement and open source movement and a lot of that is sort of predicated on the idea that, 
that this uh, this peer production system is valuable. And it's a cool way of thinking about the the issues between property rights and uh, you know and free information, like intellectual well, property. What was the quote and free you said the other day? Like the guy, like uh, information should be free, free like in something, not free like in beer. Oh, Stallman, free. Yeah, he's talking about free software, and he means it's like free as in speech, not free as in beer. Yeah, exactly. I thought Richard that was Stallman. awesome. Yeah, I have I have this. Um, I guess I shouldn't. Well. Um, in relation to my job, I, I know a person <laughs> who, who, yeah, that's it. Don't ask anymore. Um, who steals everything and, and just brags about it all the time and, and just, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. So he says, no mechanical Turks go to war with mechanical JDs. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. So for I'm the sorry, win. I have to cut in with that. that is no, that's awesome. worth it. That's worth it right there. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, well just this, this guy, like he always brags. He's like, yeah, I don't buy any music. I don't buy movies. I don't buy, you know, like anything he reads, like every single thing he consumes in the world is like massively just stolen. And, and I'm like, I can see like, you know, some like, well, you know, this would be difficult to get or my friend has it, so I'll share it or something. But like, this is just blatant. Like he refuses to purchase any art of any sort ever. <laughs> I know? can't agree with that. <laughs> I know. Either, and yeah. I'm like, at least, you know, at least like balance it out a little bit, you know, like, okay, so I got this album for free because my friend had it on a, you know, a flash drive. So when the artist puts out another album, maybe I'll buy it or, or, or something, you know what I mean? Just like at least at least try to show your support for the art occasionally. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different ways of doing that. Like a a lot of people will like say, I don't know, download a show, but then when the DVD comes out, they'll buy it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or something like that. You know, I I don't know. It's what what sucks is that that's all out of the range of what's entirely legal. And therefore you have to be polarized on it. Well, this is where, yeah. yeah, this is where it got interesting because when you think about like, um, when you think about like patents and patent law, right? Mm-hmm. On on one hand, you want to commoditize ideas a tiny bit, right? Because without some intellectual property defined, you you can't reach the maximum possibility. There's not a, of of people developing new things, right? Because there's not as much of a motivation to do so. On the other hand, you have too much of it. And bad things happen, right? Like you can't have any innovation because every so many people are standing there with their hands out for their little piece of an idea that you can't build on other ideas, which is a requirement. Anybody who says, oh, I had an original idea, you know, you're, yes and no. You know, original idea, yes, but built on standing on the shoulders of others, you know? Right. So anyway, this is an interesting way of thinking about all that stuff, you know? It's to try to understand why you might need to have limits on those and what laws you make and how they, anyway, it's, it was interesting. Well, that's stuff. the thing is that if, if everything did equalize out to a f- kind of a fair middle where, where it would, you know, actually kind of work out on its own, then it wouldn't be a problem. But, you know, with patent law, for example, you've got people like I, I heard someone give a speech once that said, patent any single thing that you can come up with patent everything and anything, because you never know what other people are going to come up with and you can get some money out of it. Right. And that's <laughs> wow. like, oh no, that's my true. God, that is not the point of the patent system. Exactly. That's, a, that's yeah. like saying, you know, stand out in the street and hold your foot in the lane because you never know who might run over it and you could sue <laughs> I'm them. I'm going to walk towards you <laughs> and I'm swinging my arms like this. And if I happen to hit you, that's your problem. Is it from The Simpsons? Yes. <laughs> that's <laughs> like from 93. That's so awesome. <laughs> I know. That's what I used to watch it the most intently. And I remember the episodes best. Me too. The- <laughs> it's like, you know what? You know what it's my boring. favorite? Lisa, they're like, I'm going to swing my arms like this, and if I hit you, it's not my fault. It's like those people <laughs> that uh, that pile a bunch of shit on the back of their truck and then put a sign on that says, stay back 100 feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Not responsible for Seriously. damage to your car. Tie your shit down on your truck, like okay? A, a sack of jacks and gravel Because I got news for you. It is your fault. If shit falls uh, off your truck and damages my car, it yeah, is I, your fault. I don't fault. know where you are, but we've got some pretty tight laws about tarping everything. Oh, yeah. man, here. Psh. Here, it's like, you know, if you're hauling garbage around, if it, 
you know, has more than two pieces. <laughs> you oh gotta my have God, it no. strapped here, out to the tarp, otherwise you're liable. people have, for... like, a ladder that's, like, hanging off the side, and it bounces up Actually, and down. Actually, we have and... the same laws. We just don't enforce them very effectively. Well, you have a little bit more land to, to enforce it on than, than an <laughs> island. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> You know when the cops at, at, at our, at, in our town can sit at one intersection and monitor all the traffic. <laughs> Ouch! It's not that it's only one. Lo- it's not. That it's only one road. It's just we're on an island. There are choke points. One hundred percent enforcement. <laughs> they're gonna catch. They're gonna catch it by standing in the th- two or three choke points on the island and just you know scoop them up. <laughs> it reminds me of one time I remember in high school. I I was on Shepherd Air Force Base, and. Uh, I was leaving, and they closed the gates, right, which means you got to wait. So we're sitting there waiting, me and a friend of mine from high school. Yep. Wait for what? Them to open the gates so you can leave again, right? They closed the gates. Okay, so Why did they close the gates? Well, I was about to tell you that was what was coming next. <laughs> oh, why well, did Let know. me finish. <laughs> well, you said they closed the gates so you have to wait, and one's like, right. So I, I figured there was some assumed understanding. Yeah, the of this assumed that understanding I was, no, I was that when they close the, the gates, you, you have to wait <laughs> until they open them again. So it turns out the reason they closed them was that some jackass tried to rob the Mini Mart on, <laughs> yeah, right. on the base, right? <laughs> Oh, and great. and yeah, I mean, you got to imagine. Okay, of all the places that you could rob in town, I mean, what would what would make you think, hey, I'll rob the one on the Air Force Base? You know, that just seems like a great idea. Yeah, they won't have any security. So either. this is how. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's not it's not like the military. And it's Texas, so the guy, you know, sell you know the cashier probably has a gun. It rem- again, it reminds me of that. In this case, all of them. You know, so no, the cashier did not have a gun, but uh, but the air police did, uh, and they had, in fact, big automatic guns. <laughs> no, really, lots of them. Uh, they also had dogs. We actually saw it all unfold because there's a big field uh, between the mini mart and like one of the fences. <laughs> He was gonna run. Yeah, with yeah. His, I mean, that with was, his stolen case of beer yeah, across the field. Don't laugh. That is exactly what it, he did. So he takes off across this field, and and you're like, really? Sir, did you do this? No, man. Look, I mean, seriously. There were like there were like air police cars scattered around. It all of them had M16s, right? And and you're like, wow. And this guy busts out the 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 you know busts out the mini mart and and heads for the fence. Now it's like I don't know maybe six hundred yards to the fence, right? And then the fence, let me just point out, is a fifteen foot fence with barbed wire on top of it. Okay, yeah. I mean, or as they say where I grew up, bob, bob wire. Yeah, they call it that in Texas too. Bob wire. Bob wire. So no bob war. So holy crap, folks! What, I, I'm not quite sure what this exit strategy was. You know, I'm going to charge across, pass these dudes, outrun them to the fence, climb the 15 foot fence with the bob wire on it, and then <laughs> and then somehow go over it and and then proceed to run away. Not that they'll go around it or anything and come get you or shoot it's, you. It's right? the evolution of the name Barbara Walters. Nice. <laughs> so what went down is the guy takes off across the field and the co- the the air police they don't even move they just kind of you see him kind of talking to each other for a minute while he's running and then they kind of walk over and one of the guys with the dogs comes over and they he leans down and he takes the the you know leash off the dog and he talks to the dog for a good like 20 seconds you know? <laughs> and he pets the, dog's, the dog the dog's nodding and writing in a clipboard yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he stands up and the dog takes off across the field right and the dog kept 40 a, miles an hour right, right, <laughs> as dogs you know can do <laughs> And he catches the guy, I don't know, maybe a quarter of the way <laughs> across the field, right? And uh, one kind of leap jumps up and knocks the guy down. And yeah. it was really impressive. And yeah, because the dog's trained to not hurt him at that point, but yeah, just, to, knocked him just down to immobilize him, hang on to him. And stood there and looked at him. And the guy had finally, I think it all came clear to him at about that moment that the dog knocked him down. <laughs> There's beer and urine everywhere. is <laughs> <laughs> not the dog. Right, exactly. Yeah. And he, he realized that this exit strategy was flawed and that it would probably be best to just stay still since the dog was going to eat him if he moved, right? As you do. At which point the dog stared at him and, and he laid there and the, their police casually walked. 
and it must have taken him like 10 more minutes, right? Casually walked across the field to him. <laughs> like they weren't even going to move faster than no, they had they're not going to run. They're like, you know? it's hot, you know. Yeah, it was. <laughs> to make him wait. It was DP imagine, D, uh, Default Prophet imagines that at that point, the guy that got knocked out just grabs one of the beers he stole, kind of just sits on the grass <laughs> and waits. Not a bad idea, actually. Like, all right, fine. Let's just crack a beer away for these guys. I got That's caught. how the story should have started. He's going to have a yep. lot of time. <laughs> that went well. Pretty much, man. <laughs> With the opposite meaning, right? Yeah. And because uh, it did go well for him. But yep. but holy crap. I mean, I casually walk over and arrest the guy and bring him yep. back and the gates open and we left. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You're just like, really? What goes through your head? You know what we ought to do? We ought to hold up the mini mart on the base. I've heard uh, some of my students were talking the other day about a, a, apparently there's been like a rash of criminals lately that they're calling like Facebook criminals or whatever who go out. And I know this stuff has been done before, but now it's on Facebook, of course. They post trolling shit on your Facebook page? They go out and commit crimes and videotape themselves doing it and then post it on their Facebook page. Holy crap. <laughs> It started out with just the people posting shots of them, you know, getting high or whatever in states where it's illegal. And now it's just like, you know, we can get away with that. Let's just let's just show actual robberies. I just realized that my life isn't bad up. enough. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Hey, uh, have you guys ever seen that movie? Nothing to lose with Tim Robbins and uh, Martin Lawrence. From like ninety seven, no. I saw less than zero. Oh my god! You should see this. Like both of you guys need to see this movie. It is so funny. It, it's like it's not a really big movie. Like it didn't make a big splash, but it is like you know how when we saw role models, like we we're kind of like eh, I don't know what to expect really. But then you watch it and you're like, holy ah! crap, this is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> this movie is like that because uh, Tim Robbins. Um, it just reminded me we were talking about like videotaping crimes because there's a scene where he does something and it's on very prominently on video but he's this dude like um who works at this he works at this major company or whatever and, and his life goes to crap like he he has some issue with his job and i can't remember exactly what happens but uh, he loses his job or, or gets screwed over by his boss or something and he thinks that it just can't get any worse and he comes home and he sees what he thinks is his wife cheating on him um and basically like he's lost everything like all in one day, like his job, his wife, like his marriage, everything is all falling apart. Oh, and he finds the boss's cufflinks on the what kitchen counter. What he needs counter. to do is just play that country music backwards. Yeah. haha. But, <laughs> but um, sorry, but <laughs> best I could do. Play past my that country music backwards. backwards. <laughs> <laughs> the irony wow. in that is like, is like palpable. <laughs> The original tune. Oh, oh wow. Man. Yeah, I know. I know, isn't it? But uh, it is, it's awesome because he um, he just gets in his SUV and tears off and he's so enraged and out of it that he doesn't really think about or know what he's doing. And he ends up in this rough part of town. It could have gone falling down or it could have gone the other route, but instead yeah, it went this route. Exactly. And he ends up in this rough part of could town. Could have been holding up a... Uh, uh, um, you know, a McDonald's or something on an Air Force base, yeah. Anyway. And uh, <laughs> he ends up in this rough part of town in this like really nice SUV because he's like pretty upper middle class or, or you know, pretty well off. And uh, Martin Lawrence plays this guy who uh, oh, I remember this movie. Now. Yeah, who tries to you know he sticks a gun in his face and tries to rob him or whatever. And he doesn't and, care. I and remember he doesn't this. Even care. He's just like, oh, maybe I have. Seen I have like, seen my life. Yeah. My life sucks so many balls right now that you. Just What's the name of this again? Nothing to lose. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, and and he's like, he he like grabs the gun and forces Martin Lawrence into the car with him, and and the guy's like, he's like, oh my god, man, I I didn't mean it, uh. you know, and he's freaking out and stuff. And Tim Robbins is just like, he's furious and he's just gonna like do something crazy because he's so you know, lost everything. And then they go on this like rampage, like Thelma and Louise, like across across the desert, and they do all this crazy stuff. And um, the resolution and then they of the movie, drive off a cliff. No, the, I'm sorry. The resolution of the movie is really <laughs> awesome, though, because after everything happens, like you get to see Martin Lawrence's character, like you get to see his family and stuff, and then and then Tim Robbins' character ends up reuniting with his family, and it is just it's awesome. It's a great crime spree movie. Because it's a guy who doesn't really want to commit crimes, but he's just so, like, like I don't know what I mean. He's just like driven insane by this series of events. Yeah. So that's the kind of person that would hold up the mini mart on the 
Oh, yeah. Made well. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, the one thing I like about your story there, Chuck, is that, you know, they didn't just say, just, you know, shoot him. Oh, no. It's like you hear too many of those. Oh, yeah. No, they're not going to do that. <laughs> you hear a disproportionate amount of those stories to what actually happens where it's, it's just like, let's send in the non-lethal dog to just guard him while we oh, walk I think the dog quite clearly <laughs> could have been lethal. I think that the guy was just smart enough to not push it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like when the you stupid mean, stuff happens. That's when it wisely. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's when it gets reported on. Is when it's really stupid, you know. So that's why you always yeah. hear that because every like for every one of those, there's like twenty where they just sent the dog. Yeah, yeah. And a takedown like that can ultimately be boring. In the news, it's true. It's Probably true. It's dead. it's crappy. But that's why I, I try to stay away from TV news or news. I listen to well, no, I listen to the news on the radio, but I listen to like the uh, the ones that are concise, where they have to cover like the major headlines, you know. Speed news. Yeah, like like BBC, you know, in ten minutes we're going to give you the update of what's news going on in the, the world. world. And then if there's a story that I'm interested in and I want to pursue, I'll go read about it. I could see that. Yeah. Have you guys watched the newsroom? No. Is that, that the new Aaron Sorkin? HBO thing. Be good. Wait, is that the one with um, um, Jeff Daniels? Jeff Daniels. Yeah. I, I have not seen it. I nice. heard it was incredible. I'd say, like the, I'd say I'm, I'm kind of back and forth on it because it's it's well crafted, but it describes exactly what's wrong with all news media publication oh. and and yet has you know does nothing to fix it. Oh. I mean, not that it can, right? Uh, but because it's just an entertainment show, but so maybe ultimately leaves you a little sad about the state mm. of things. Yeah, it's like the first the first episode. It like takes place during the BP oil spill, <laughs> and they're talking about like like they show all this you know amazing journalism that's going on during it. You know, all of which didn't actually happen during it. The real oil spill, and it's like oh, it's kind of pointing out the failings of the news agencies. It's like oh, come on, guys. <laughs> it's kind of just depressing to watch, actually. Yeah, I know. It's an interesting question. Like, If you could put that out of your mind, I'd say it's probably an entertaining show. But if you're if you have any kind of criticism over the current status of how news is uh, presented to the public, then it's just like a here's what's wrong. It's not going to change. Yeah, that it definitely causes a discomfort. And it's it's a good I think it's an interesting conversation to have about does art have the obligation to provide any type of solution or any type of look ahead or is it sufficient that it just say something that's true you know this is the way it is and we're just saying this is the way it is and that's it and and we're going to leave you with that and then what else you decide to do is your business it's kind of i guess it just depends on what you're trying to achieve you know right well it's like it's different than something like the daily show or the colbert report which is actually like well, we're not a news organization, but we can at least play a part in modern getting news out to modern audiences. Yeah, this kind yeah. of tries to play to the same audience, but does it with news from two years ago. Nice. Which it, it's kind of ultimately self-defeating. <laughs> I think the reason I haven't seen it, it's like on HBO. Or HBO. Yeah. I don't have HBO. Don't, yeah. <laughs> I remember when the the first episode came out and like the internet lit up talking about that opening scene, but I haven't I haven't seen it. I want to yeah, go watch Avengers again. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I still have. I've yet to watch it with the commentary yet. Ooh, wow, I, that I was, still I put only two yet's in that sentence. That's amazing. <laughs> yet? <laughs> yeah, yet? Yet? I will continue to do that. Yet. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Everyone, Mark Lar. Like, <laughs> Avengers. Hell yeah! I've still only seen the Avengers once in the theater. So I just, oh, watch it. Okay, I know. Okay. I haven't had in time. the last 10, 10, 20 seconds here. I just gotta say, I watched a part of it again. That part, you know, I won't spoil it. I cried like, again. Right you cried? I cried oh. again. Was it when Excellent. Robert Downey Jr. took off his Black Sabbath shirt that you cried? No. Because he doesn't diff- take it, it off. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, we'll watch it together this weekend Woo! for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening and putting up with my boring-ass shit. <laughs> it was only slightly boring, and thanks for coming. <laughs> Play that country music backwards. <laughs>